I freaking love Halloween! So, for the month of October, I'll be putting out an episode every week instead of every two weeks. And because it's the season for spooky things, today I'll be reading you my favorite creepy poem. It's called The Cremation of Sam McGee, and it was written by Robert W. Service. He wrote it in 1907, which is great because that means it's public domain, so I can't get sued for reading it. It's also poignantly relevant to the series I've been researching and recording about the lost voyage of Shackleton, because it's about a prospector in the Arctic Circle who freezes to death. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Robert W. Service himself, because he was a British cowboy, at least for a while, and I didn't know those existed. So curl up with your favorite autumn beverage, put on a wool sweater, dust the cobwebs off your most beloved Necronomicon, and get ready to relax to a poem about a dead guy. I'm your host, Kristen Robine Terpstra, and this is the History Cache. Let's have a look inside. Robert W. Service had the kind of life that anyone with a love for travel, adventure, writing, and a dash of poetic romanticism would have died for. He was born in Lancashire, England on January 16, 1874. He was the first of four children. His father was a banker and his mother was an heiress, so he was born into the kind of lifestyle where you can be a poet and not worry about starving to death. His parents sent him to live in Scotland at the age of five with his grandfather and three doting aunts, which kind of seems like the perfect setting for a Victorian fairy tale. A year later, at the age of six, he wrote his very first poem. Four years later, his parents relocated to Glasgow and took him with them, rejoining the family back together. He had the opportunity to attend some of Scotland's best schools, and he quickly developed a love for poetry and books especially if they were about travel or adventure. His parents tried to discourage his desire for travel, and he placated them for a while by following in his father's footsteps, getting a job at the Commercial Bank of Scotland. But becoming a banker wasn't of any interest to him, and he spent most of his work days reading books by Robert Browning, Tennyson, and Keats that he'd snuck into the office. He attended the University of Glasgow for a little over a year to study English literature. He wrote an essay on the questionable purity of Hamlet's Ophelia, and his professor hated it, calling it obscene. Service, with the audacity and ego-driven responses of someone used to being overprivileged, then challenged his professor to a fight outside of the classroom. The professor declined. Given his background, Service wasn't used to criticism, so he didn't take to university too well. And after a year, he decided to leave in order to pursue some real adventure. He was greatly inspired by the books of Kipling and Robert Louis Stevenson and their stories of pursuing adventure while finding one's own self. And at 21, Service just couldn't wait to go try himself in the same ways as his favorite characters. So he packed up and moved to Canada to be a cowboy. It's said he left home with just one suitcase and a letter of reference from the bank. He set sail for Montreal, where he boarded a train and rode across Canada until he hit Vancouver Island about six years after the gold rush, which greatly inspired his writings. 
He worked on a ranch, which fulfilled his cowboy aspirations, and as a bank teller, writing poems and stories the whole time. He became known as the Bard of the Yukon, and he kept traveling throughout his life. Alberta, the American South, Paris, Cuba, Hollywood, and everywhere he went. The people he met, the stories he told, and the experiences he had greatly influenced his writing. He wrote over a thousand poems that we know of, six novels, and two autobiographies. I've personally only read The Cremation of Sam McGee, but according to his biographies, some of his works include words that we would for sure consider to be racist slurs today. So if you get into his stuff after this, proceed with caution. He was an upper-class English guy in the Victorian era. In World War I, he served as an ambulance driver and was a correspondent for the Toronto Star during the Balkan Wars of 1912-13. to After World War I, he finally married. She was Germaine Bourgeon, a French woman, and the two of them lived mostly in southern France until Service's death in 1958. A poetic life for a poetic person. And now, without further historically driven biographical ado, I give you The Cremation of Sam McGee by Robert W. Service. Here we go. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge. I cremated Sam McGee. Now Sam McGee was from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows. Why he left his home in the south to roam round the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way he'd sooner live in hell. On a Christmas day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold through the park's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes we'd close, then the lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see. It wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed, and the stars overhead were dancing heel and toe, he turned to me, and Cap, says he, I'll cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no, then he says with a sort of moan, It's the cursed cold, and it's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. Yet taint being dead, it's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that foul or fair, you'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the streak of dawn, but God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched on the sleigh, and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath 
in that land of death, and I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, you may tax your brawn and brains, but you promised true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb, in my heart how I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies round in a ring, howled out their woes to the homeless snows. Oh God, how I loathed that thing. And every day, that quiet clay seemed to heavy and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent, and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad, and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing, and it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake LaBarge, and a derelict there lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum. Then here, said I, with a sudden cry, is my crematorium. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor, and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and I heaped the fuel higher. The flames just soared, and the furnace roared, such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal, and I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the huskies howled, and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold, but the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why. And the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out and they danced about ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. I guess he's cooked, and it's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the heart of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile, and he said, Please close that door. It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. And the Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge, I cremated Sam McGee. Our history, though short, is wrought with events that transform our existence. Locked away and hidden within sacred vaults exists a treasure trove of events, inventions, and stoic occurrences hoping to shine once more. These gems have many facets, 
Some shine like beacons of hope and others are dim with warnings of future transgressions. Sometimes history is easily accessible and this is the history that we know by teachings. But what of the history that we were never taught? Sometimes we must act as thieves to steal the locked treasures of history and find out what secrets lie beneath. Join us as we pick the locks, open the hidden artifacts, and bring these treasures back from whence they came. Only on Ransack History, presented by Sounded Heart. That does it for this week's Halloween History Bite. I hope you enjoyed hearing this week's creepy poem as much as I enjoyed narrating it for you. Join me again next week for another episode on the Lost Voyage of Shackleton. After that, I'll have another short history Halloween bite for you, followed by part three of Shackleton's voyage. There might even be a part four if I can't fit another year of sub-Antarctic chaos and tragedy and adventure into just one more episode. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of me, you can at historycashpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also now on Twitter and Instagram. If you liked today's episode, please consider following, rating, and writing a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash historycashpodcast. It doesn't matter how small a donation is for it to be extremely appreciated. I seriously can get a handful of chiclets at the grocery store for 25 cents. And I love chiclets. I've been your host, Kristen Robine Terpstra, and until we meet again, dear wandering podcast adventurer of space and time, go make some history.